Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Verse 29. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Lord, we thank you for your word as it has been spoken today, Father. I pray that you would speak to our heart, Lord, that you would change anything here that, that might be wrong. Lord, any, any viewpoints of the world or any habits that we have acquired. God, would you make us a people who live by the book and, Lord, that we prosper by faith in you. That we're able to bring you glory because of what you've done for us. Thank you for sending Christ Jesus to the cross of Calvary for the redemption of our sins. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that, that guides us, that counsels us. Lord, we know that our lives can be a giant beacon pointing, pointing to you and who you are. God, would you call your church to be on fire today? Would you call your church to, to go from this place and to point people to the cross? Thank you for Jesus again. And we ask this in your name. Amen. You know, guys, as I'm, I'm thinking about this this morning when in, rever in, in, in reference to what we're going through right now, I look around this world today and I see a whole lot of issues that are just really stemmed from bad leadership. Now, no doubt, probably some of you have worked at a place where the leadership was bad. Am I correct? Yeah, you can shake your heads. Yeah, it's okay. Your bosses are not here. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. Mine kind of are, so yes, we have had bad. No, I'm playing. But you see, what I'm saying is that we've all dealt with bad leadership at some point. Maybe you've been a bad leader. You can shake your head to that one, too. Have you ever made bad decisions? I look at our nation, and I really see that there's a lot of bad leadership. And guys, don't take that as a political statement this morning. There's bad leadership everywhere. There's bad leadership even within our families. I've been re reading some books that I, I think that are probably educational more than anything. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Karl Marx. Has anybody ever he heard of him before? I've been reading a little bit about Marxism lately. I, I keep hearing the, 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 the point thrown around that, you know, this is a Marxist party or this is a Marxist this or that. And, and I think there's a lot of misunderstanding as to what Marxism was about. But the thing is, is that when we talk about Marxism, there were some very terrible ideas in his teachings. 
when I'm reading through his book, and, and you know, I, I, I'm just, again, I'm kind of this, this nerd, I guess, when it comes to, to history that, you know, I mean, I've read Mein Kampf, I've read it, uh, I'm going through the, the Communist Manifesto now, and some of y'all might say, but why are you reading that? Well, here's the reason, because I believe that whenever a person gets away from God, when they get away from faith, that they're going to come up with these weird ideas like the Communist Manifesto. They're going to come up with these weird ideas like uh, Mein Kampf, which is what Hitler wrote. It's, it's terrible. And just to be truthful with you, some of y'all are like, well, man, that's, that's unbiblical there. That's, those are people that were not Christians that were writing this. Well, I also read an excerpt from a guy that was the president of the South Carolina Baptist Convention back in 18 and 14. And he wrote a whole diatribe for his convention basically explaining why slavery is okay. These were men of God who wrote this. That Technically, probably I could have read a sermon that this guy wrote, and I could have been, amen, that's a good sermon. But then you get around to his viewpoints on slavery. You see why leadership apart from faith is a bad thing? I keep hearing people say, well, you know, I elected this person as a president, not as my pastor. Those are dangerous words to really live by. And I understand we don't live in a Christian nation per se. But at the same time, look what our nation could be if we would give our hearts to Christ. Look what we could be. And I don't say that as a, you know, and I think a lot of people say that we need, you know, we need a Christian leader in the office. And it's more of a political statement why they want him in there. They want a politician in there just to do stuff that's good for them. No, as a church, we should want a Christian leader in the office of president, in the office, offices of senate, in the office of government, anywhere you look. We should want a Christian there so that God is glorified. It has nothing to do with us. But I don't see that attitude from people. They want something sensational, and it goes both ways. It goes both ways. And it's by faith that we're able to please God. It's not by politics. It's not by the, the right manifesto. It's not by the right look on life. It, it, guys, check this out. It is by faith in God that we're able to please Him. In our nation, again, I, I said it last week, I believe that America could be the light at the end of the tunnel as this, as this world closes up. We could be the light shining to the world, pointing them to Christ before Jesus returns. I'm not done with America yet. Are you? A lot of people are just like, well, them Democrats or them Republicans or them this, that, and the other. Quit talking like that and preach the gospel. Quit, quit arguing with each other. It doesn't do any good anyways. Does it? I, I, I've seen... You know, a lot of us in here, we probably get on Facebook or social medias and stuff. Nobody's ever changed by someone's argument on Facebook. I've never seen that. The, the only thing that I've seen people change their mind on is whether they're going to follow Christ or not. I've seen so many people see a verse and get with myself, get with other people that I've known, and they've given their life to Jesus. And there's a reason behind that. Now, everybody catch this. Your faith grows by hearing the Word of God, right? When people hear the Word of God, yeah, their argument can change real quick if they allow the Holy Spirit to speak to their heart. But when we talk about politics and stuff of that nature, it, 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 that's just going to be, I think, probably the demise of America if we keep following this route. If we just all keep arguing with each other, it's going to be a bad situation. And maybe that's how it comes about. I don't know. It could be. I see a lot of prideful people in this world 
So what do we need to do as the church of God? Here's what we need to do. We need to be faithful to Christ. We need to be faithful to Christ even when we don't understand everything that there is. God desires that his church be a faithful leader in this world. God desires that you as a mom or dad or as a family member, that you are faithful in the role that God has blessed you with. It's, it's overwhelming at times, isn't it, to be a mom or dad? You know, I, I just, I look at, you know, our, our parenting situation, Joni and I, we've just got a lot, of, a lot of weird changes in the last year, <laughs> and it's hard. Somebody the other day said, well, you guys just seem so calm and collective, and I was like, you ought to come to our house sometimes. It's not calm and collective. It's, it's, it's stressful at times, and it's, it's tense, and it's emotional, but at the end of the day, what we have is faith, and so we just try to cling to that, and I'm not perfect in that, by the way. You know, I was even telling Jolie, I, there's a lot of stuff. I, this, is, this is new to me with everything she's going through. It's new to me too. So how do we handle this? Do we, do we, do we act by emotion or do we just walk by faith? And so by leadership, even when I look at my own life, being a leader within my family or being a leader within this church, being a leader within the, the Southern Baptist uh, associations and groups that I'm a part of, being a leader in those areas, it's important that faith is number one. I'm amazed so many times at work, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a, a preachy preacher. Some of y'all probably get that. I've been told that at work. You're not a typical preacher, Daniel. I don't know what that means. I don't know what you've experienced in the past, but, but honestly, when, usually when I talk to people, that's like a compliment, you know, it's like, you're not, you're not typical. And I, it used to kind of offend me. Years ago, I was at a family gathering, and there were some people, friends of friends or something showed up, and they said, oh, you're one, I had long hair, y'all guys, y'all remember that? I'm trying to get there again, apparently, thanks, thanks to COVID. But um, I remember uh, someone come up, and they, they saw they, somebody introduced me. Well, yeah, Daniel, he's a pastor. And, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but here's what I do know. As, if you want to know, ask me. If you want to know who I am, I, I, I try to follow my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I met with a guy this week who was dealing with all kinds of issues. He's 89 years old, okay? I was just telling you guys a little bit about my life transitions and things that are going on in my life, and you guys know it. We're all close. But this, this man comes into the office. He's having a problem sleeping at night. And, and a lot of times, understand, I, I'm visiting with people who are dealing with really deep-type uh, um, mental disease, okay? This guy wasn't. He comes in. He's just having a hard time sleeping, and he says, Well, Daniel, it's nice to meet you. I heard you're a preacher. I was like... Yes, sir, I am. And he says, well, I want you to know that I can't sleep at night. I'm 89 years old. My wife has come down with uh, a mental disease, uh, uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. They're not really sure what she's going through. She just can't, he can't take care of her anymore. So she's living with, with, with sister. And so she moved over there. And now he's, he says, for the first time in 57 years, I'm living by myself. I said, you know, I said, that, that, that may be part of your sleep problem. He's like, I know. He says, but here's the thing. I trust Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And I'm like, oh, this guy's going to minister to me today. We got to visiting, and he's telling about just all the stuff that he's going through in life. And he says, you know, Daniel, he says, I've prayed to the Lord that he would give me sleep. And he says, that's the only prayer he's never answered. He says, I guess that's just how it's going to be. That's godly leadership, though, isn't it? 
he continues to follow Christ even though his prayers aren't answered. He doesn't understand the full scope of everything that's going on. He's still following Jesus. That is a man of faith. That's what I want to be right there. I want to be a guy who, no matter what I go through in life, that faith is that core anchor that holds me. It's that core piece of my, uh, of my life in which I can always turn to, and it's always there. And the older I get, the more I realize that my faith is the most important thing I possess. Just like when we were talking about Abraham, he did some stuff for the Lord because the Lord led him to it that didn't make sense, but he did it anyways, right? Sarah did the same thing. You're, you're reading through all these, these stories. You see the story here this morning of Moses. And Moses' parents were apparently faithful as well. And they said that they, 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 they kind of bucked the system when they said, hey, we want to kill all the little babies. You guys know the story of Moses, right? The, the Israelites were getting too big in number, and, and they were scared, so they said, well, let's just kill all the, all the, all the males. All the firstborn. Let's just kill all these guys. You know, by killing the firstborn, it wasn't just an, an, something against the people, but it was also killing that, that birthright. It was destroying the family system. Now things were going to be in, in disorder among the families of Israel. There was, a, there was a lot more to this than just killing babies, as terrible as that is. Which, by the way, in America today, there's a lot of firstborns that are killed because of abortion. The enemy hasn't changed much. Ungodly leadership leads to ungodly actions. But I thank God today for the parents of Moses who were faithful. And it says, I like how the wording there, it says that they, they, they hid the baby because he was beautiful. Did you guys catch that? They hid him because he was beautiful. Not because he's smart. Not because of this, that, or the other. But how many of you in this place, when your children were little, Looked at your kids and thought, how beautiful. Joni and I were talking with Jolie the other day, and we're like, she was, she was like, if you ever want to know like, how we were parents towards you, just watch us with Jaren. There's something special about our kids, isn't there? I look at Jaren, I look at Jolie, I look at Jet, and they're just, they're beautiful to me. I would do anything for them. And by faith, they, 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 they went against the system. They hid their son. And because they hid their son, guess what happens later on? He becomes a godly leader, right? It says here, as you're reading through there, that it goes on and he's like, uh, I'm not even going to go by the, the title of Pharaoh's daughter's son. He had a right to that, didn't he? I think if there was a lot of us in here, if, if when you were younger, you got adopted by someone that had a lot of money <laughs> or something like that, we would just go by their name because we're going to get an inheritance, you guys realize how big that Egypt was during that time, right? We are still mining treasures from the Egyptians today. You get on an archaeological website. There's always stuff. They're finding new mummies and gold and, and treasure in Egypt, even to this day. If you want to see how rich that Egypt was, you're still finding stuff from Egypt. But Moses, he didn't, want to, he didn't want that name. It also says that he counted God as more important than the riches of the earth. He could have just stayed there and watched the people die. They would have all died, and he could have been Pharaoh. But by faith, that changed everything. He became a godly leader. By faith, he lived his life. Oswald Chambers, the quote up on the, the screen, he says this about faith. Faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God. 
whose ways you may not understand at the time. How many of you here today can look at the character of God and say, it's a sure thing? I know for me, I can. God has never let me down. And some of y'all may be new to the faith, and you're thinking, well, I, I just know that he saves me. Well, his character is true to that. It's why we believe that once you are saved, you cannot lose your salvation. This is not truly just a, a denominational statement that we just want to set ourselves apart from everybody else. Well, you believe you can be lost? <laughs> we believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. It's not like a one-up that Baptists have said. It's biblical. It's, it's this idea that as believers in Jesus Christ, God is that good. That even though I don't deserve to be saved, that even though my life is not always where it needs to be in, in relation to where God wants it to be, His faithfulness is still there. And no matter what you're going through in life, even though you don't know the full picture, and I, guys, I don't know the full picture of my life, do you? I, I, I see people all the time, I mean, they, they get the, the C word thrown into their life. That's scary, isn't it? I had a friend, her husband, last week, week, a week before, her husband, he was 42 years old, died of a heart attack, dropped dead. You see what I'm saying? We're not guaranteed anything in this life. No doubt there's probably times that I should have died. <laughs> we took Jet to see a friend in Blanchard, and I, I remember a time back in the, the mid-90s when we went to Blanchard, a bunch of me and a bunch of my friends, and we used to like to cruise. You guys remember when cruising was popular? And like we would go to these towns and I'd either make friends or start fights. That was kind of what we did in high school. Jet, Jet was like, really? That was you? I was like, that was me. And I remember one time we went to Blanchard, Oklahoma to cruise because they had a malt shop down there. And it was kind of cool. And I knew some of the kids through ag stuff, you know, because I was one of those city kids, but I was involved in ag and I drove a mini truck. I was kinda, I've always just kind of been in the middle of everything. You know, I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm just right here. And, and so we drive down there and anyways, uh, words went flying and I ended up like getting in a brawl, like a fist fight with a bunch of guys. And in the background I can hear, woo, 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 woo. We jumped in our trucks and we headed back to Moore. Uh, Jet was like, that happened here? I was like, yeah, that happened here. I wasn't living by faith during that time of my life. And guys, understand, you guys know when I started preaching, right? 15. This was probably about 17, 16, 17 when that happened. God can often use the stuff in our life that comes natural. He can make it holy by faith and use it for good. I think what I found out was when I was 15, 16, 17, that a lot of times I was a very passionate person. I was really into whatever I was into, and I still find myself that way. For instance, I'm reading ancient Marxist books, <laughs> basically because the fact is I had a question, and then I opened the book, and now I just, I got to finish it now, you know, whether I'm a, I don't agree with it, which, by the way, I'm not a Marxist, okay? I'm just reading it because I want to know. I don't want to just believe something because the news tells me that this is what Marxism is. I, I want to know for myself, what did they actually say, okay? This is the mentality of Daniel, right? It's like I throw myself into something 100%. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not very good. <laughs> but by faith, we're able to, to do the things that God's calling us to. Joni, Joni blessed me. It's been two, almost three Christmases ago. She blessed me with a... A certificate. It's a gift certificate to the Tulsa Glass Blowing School, right? And I, I'm. We go to Branson. You guys know this. And I, I just, I'm the one that's sitting there watching them. You know, 
creating glass. And everybody's ready to go ride rides. And I'm like, yeah, y'all, y'all go ahead. This guy's making a pumpkin. Let me finish this. Joni saw that in me, you know. And so she, she bought me this gift certificate. And before, before the pandemic hit, um, I had it set up. I was going to take this eight-week class. It's basically going to take you from idiot to less idiot in how to make glass, right? And so I, I, I was excited. It was going to start. You know, it's like once a week for eight weeks. I'm like, okay. And, and honestly, Joni had bought this for me during a time when I was just dealing with some stuff. And, she, it, you know, it's good to, to get your mind off of things. And so um, they called me last week, and they said, hey, we we're ready to start. And I'm like, I am too. Now, I don't know how that's going to turn out, you see. I may be terrible at glass. That may not be my thing. I'll tell you that story for this reason. How many of you ever have opportunities in life and sometimes you just walk away from it because you're like, ah, I may not be any good at that. Maybe there's a mission trip that comes up in our church, which, by the way, there is. I had lunch with our, uh, our Kenyan friends this past week. You guys be praying, okay? Because God may be leading you to go to Kenya. God may be leading you to, to support God may be leading you, leading you to pray, which I know He is. But we must be ready. And everything that we've gone through in the past, it prepares us for the present and the future. Whatever you've went through in the past, I look at it, and just exa- for example, when I talk about Blanchard, 1993, 4, when I was there being a punk, now here I am, I'm taking my son to go down there, and he's going to meet one of his good godly friends, and they're going to spend the weekend fishing and going to church and probably chasing girls at some point, I'm sure. But, but I look at my life and I think, you know, I've reached this point in my life because God is good. I've reached this point in my life because, by faith, He's brought me here. Not because of who I am. Oswald Chambers, again, he says that this idea that, that you're trusting in the character of God. I can trust the character of God from 1994 as much as I can now because He's always been constant. Moses was able to do that. His family was able to do that because God is constants. Isn't that good? I know some of you are like, man, why are we talking about faith so much? Because faith is the point. It's the key. It's what we need. You need faith in your life in order to get through this world. It's not the things of this world that's going to sustain us. It's God. And the only way that we can please Him is through faith. And the only way we can obtain faith is through His Word. And so we as the church must be into the Word of God. If I can implore anything of you today, make a point to study the Word of God and to read it deeply. Read it deeply. I hope maybe by example a little bit, you guys are seeing how, how much information you can get out of one chapter. We've been in chapter 11 for like, you know, 18 years now. There's so much there. And by faith, we're able to grow. By faith, we're able to to move on. And and the the first point I wanted us to get at when we're talking about Moses this morning is by faith, we can lead with godly leadership. You fathers out there, you mothers out there, you deacons out there, you that are leading Sunday school, you're looking at VBS, we're maybe going to do Awanas this year, we don't know. You know, with with, with this pandemic really kind of hitting close to home in Purim, in Warner this past week, you know, we're looking at, well, what do we do with camp? Because we had a camp plan. So we've got to talk about this. We need to pray about it, but we need to talk about it too. But through times like this, I want you to understand, church, it is by faith that we'll get through all of this. I, amen. 
It's by faith that we're going to get through all this. I know that this is strange meeting in two services, and I know you're missing the other half, right? They miss you too, by the way. The second service, I was telling them, hey, 9.30 service says hello. I'll, I'll, tell, them, I'll tell them that every week, and they, they laugh. Because here's the thing, what will sustain First Baptist is not programming or your pastor. It's faith. It's faith. What's going what's to sustain your families is faith. You moms, and you, keep being faithful in your relationship with your kids. They may not be doing what they need to be doing right now, but keep being faithful. You, you, you spouses, keep being faithful to your spouse. Keep being faithful to God, but, but be faithful in front of them. Remember last week we said that your faith should be lived out loud. And I also believe that your faith needs to be applied. Don't just say you have faith, but live it. Don't just say you have faith, but live it out loud. The, the earlier statement that we read here in, in Romans is that it is by faith that we are able to please God. And so we have to be a people like Moses, like Abraham, like Sarah, in which we live our lives in such a way that faith is what is constructing everything we do. It is our mentality. It is our, it is our goal in life to please God. I want to blow the, the doors off this church. I want to grow this church two or three times. I want to, I want to be able to take this church and to plant other churches. I, I, want, to, I want to raise up, uh, by the power of God, I want missionaries to be raised up in this church and pastors to be raised up in this church and good godly people who bring glory to God in this church. That's my goal. But the only way I can do that is through faith. I have to keep trusting, you know. I have to keep trusting that, that even if I show up and maybe sometimes there's not many people here or maybe sometimes there's, it's completely full. One thing I've learned in ministry is that if you're not living by faith in ministry, you won't last very long. Because you're not always going to have a house full. You're not always going to have people cheering you on. You're not always going to have people supporting everything that God's telling you to do. But at the end of the day, what matters is that faith is important in your life. And so we have to be those types of people. We live in a world that is devoid of any type of godly leadership. It's devoid. Every, every political decision, I, just do this in your mind. Just look, you know, think about decisions that have made, been made politically in the United States of America. Do you ever hear mention that the congressman, the, this person, that person stopped and prayed to ask God what they should vote for? And I know there's good godly men out there and women out there. I get that. But you don't ever see it in the media, do you? You just see where they, they did this and they did that, and that's just it. And I don't know if that's, if that's 100% true, but I think it must be because of some of the bad decisions that are being made right now in our, in our world. The very fact of the matter is that we're not consulting God in big decisions that need to be made. We're not consulting Him. So we have this opportunity to lead people. You have an opportunity to lead your family, to lead in this church, to lead in this community. You have that opportunity. And so it is important that faith is number one to you. D do you want to be a Moses do you want to be an Abraham? And I'm not saying for your glory, but for the glory of God. What kind of person do you want to be? Do, do, you, do you want to be a person who's remembered for their faith or a person who's just remembered for being a good old boy, a good old girl? Because you see, I think that faith is the only thing that lasts in this world. I think about my family. They've passed on or they've gone. What I remember about them is their faith. What I remember about my dad is that he was a faithful man to God. And he can't even take credit for that. I know my dad was imperfect. I lived with the guy. 
I lived with him, and he knew I was imperfect. And there was, there, there, but the thing is, is that God was good, and so we're able to, to move on to that. Moses refused rights given to him. Understand, he could have just done anything he wanted, and he wasn't perfect. The, the part of the story also is that, that he gets so enraged, he was kind of like a, like a 16, 17-year-old Daniel in Blanchard, Oklahoma. He actually kills a guy, then hides his body. You guys remember that part of the story? But God was able to use that time in which he ran away from his troubles to grow him. But those trials that he went through, even though he self-imposed himself to murder, tri- murder charges, God grew him through that. And there's been times where I've killed things in my life and buried it in the sand and ran the other way, and God was still able to redeem me. God was still able to redeem me. And again, it is by, everybody say it, faith right i mean i know you guys are getting good with this you know this and honestly i want you to be a people that that is that's truth that whenever whenever bad stuff comes your way you make the bad decisions or whatever happens in your life that is faith is the first thing you're like okay i've got to have faith in god i've got to have faith in god i've got to keep trusting in him i need to get into his word i need to grow in my faith god you're calling me to this okay by faith i'm going to do it because you're calling me to it God, you're asking me to do this. You're asking me to give this. You're asking me to, to speak to someone. Okay, by faith, I'm going to do this. We see in these examples that we've been reading that, that godly leadership, for instance, Moses, it, it changed a lot of things in his life. We see where, where, where the death angel was going through Egypt. You guys remember that part of the story, right? The death angel's going through Egypt. And Moses was faithful as a leader to tell people, all right, here's what you do. Paint the doorposts with blood. That's weird, right? How many of you paint your houses with blood? He, told it, he was faithful to tell. And what's cool is that the people were faithful to do it. And because they were faithful to God, by faith, their firstborn were saved. That's awesome. That's awesome. Leadership doesn't just come because of a class you take or because of maybe a natural talent you have. Leadership, true leadership, godly leadership must be founded in faith. Moses had that type of faith. He had that type of leadership. And we can see that his influence on those around him also didn't just stop there. But later on, when Joshua and the Israelites were coming to this city called Jericho, And God said, that's your city, you're going to take it. That's your city, here's what you do, I want you to march around it. You know, I imagine Joshua, he was a, you know, they were, they were, they were getting to a point that they were very militant. They'd been training. That they were becoming people who fought battles. And, and they're like, okay, God, how are we going to do this? Are we going to be covert and sneak in and do this and do that? And God's like, no, i got a better plan for you. I want you to march around it. Then on the seventh day, I want you to do it seven times. And then on the seventh time, I want you all to blow your trumpets and scream really loud. What? You want, you want us to... I got this really cool sword, God. I, I, I got a, I've got a chauffeur horn. I, that's cool, but I've got a sword. No, just blow your horn, Joshua. Just blow your horn. Joshua was able to go through there because Moses led by example a long time ago. Your kids today, well, Daniel, I don't have any kids. You got kids in this church that look up to you. They're looking at the way you're living your life. Be faithful. Joshua looked back and said, oh, Moses, he trusted God in some crazy times. Abraham, he trusted God in some crazy times. I'm going to trust God in my crazy times and see him glorified. 
You guys know the story, right? The walls fell down because they did what God had commanded them to do. And it blessed the nation. It blessed them because what Moses did, his example, his leadership of faith so many years ago led them to continue to be faithful. And then that faithfulness spread into the very city of Jericho through a prostitute by the name of Rahab. And she had faith in this, this tale, and she hid the spies to protect them so that they could go through with what God had called them to because of her faithfulness. She, all she did was hear a word. And here's one thing I want you guys to understand. How much biblical training do you think Rahab the harlot had? She had just heard about this God. Now, no doubt she'd been hearing about what God was doing in those people. There was probably some news circulating around on Facebook, and she was flipping through. It was like, huh, they walked across the Red Sea? Wow. But you see what the Word of God does? It grows our faith. And it reached a point that everything she had heard thus far, maybe she hadn't heard anything. We don't know the full story. But when, when Joshua and Caleb, when they got there, they talked to her, right? And they said, um, we need you to hide us because we serve the one true God. And God's going to take this city. And she's like, you know what? I believe what you're saying. And by faith, she was saved. By faith. And her lineage from that point were saved by what? Faith. That's where it all came from. So what do we do? Because I want you to understand this. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Um, I'm doing some biblical counseling with a couple that's getting married here, here in October. Uh, today, right after, after the second service. One thing I always do when I meet with people for biblical counseling is I go through Ephesians 5. The reason is because Ephesians 5 tells us how we're to live in, in the sight of God, and then it tells us how to live as a couple. I love Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Look at verse 2. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You guys see that? Our call today is to live by faith. To live in such a way that even though the times don't make sense, we're still going to live our lives as a sacrifice to God. And that takes faith. As a preacher, I can say, yeah, it takes faith to be a preacher. It really does. But this isn't a pastor's conference, so I want you to apply that to your life where you're at right now. It takes faith to be a good, godly person in this world. Amen? It takes faith. Because the thing is, is that when you, get, when you get outside the house, you get into the world, you get into college, you get into the workforce, whatever it is that you do in your life, the world's going to throw you all kinds of information. And here's what I need to tell you. You need to be careful what you listen to in this world. Make sure this is what you're listening to over everything else. Make sure this is it. In closing this morning, we, uh, we, we did a, I went to a training recently, and it was trying to help people to understand what it's like to, uh, to deal with schizophrenia, what it's like for a person who has schizophrenia. And, and they, they have you sit down, and I got, to, I got to do this. So I'm sitting down. You got a person across the table from you, and that person is interviewing you for a job. So there's a script, they're reading the script, and you don't have anything. You just got, just respond. They're asking you job relation stuff, you know, you know how much years have you spent in college, how many years have you had in being a, a salesperson or whatever, you know, they had all these questions that they were asking you. But while that person's interviewing you for a job, you've got two people with, like, the fancy uh, 
like toilet paper rolls, they're in your ear and they're saying all weird kinds of stuff. And you're trying to listen to this person and answer them with all this other stuff going on in your head. And it was very like eye-opening as to what people with like severe disorders really deal with. But I think sometimes that we as believers in Jesus Christ, we forget that there's a world screaming in both of our ears. There's a world that's screaming things in our ears that's just trying to distract us from what's going on in the world. From what's really going on. You know what's really going on in America today? And I don't mean to negate from anything any of the movements that are going on, but what is happening in America today is an example of sin. Don't forget that. The, the New Testament tells us that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's spiritual principalities that we're fighting against. In other words, there's, a, there's another force happening in this world. It's not just, you know, black, white, Native American, right? You see what I'm saying? This stuff, I know it's existing because sin caused all this. Broken relationships caused all this. Not being faithful to God caused all of this. Can you imagine how our forefathers, how much more prosperous America could be today if we wouldn't have ripped land from people? If we wouldn't have made the Cherokees move to Oklahoma? I was listening to a podcast last night on the way home from the city, and I was just like, how in the world can anybody just be hateful to these people? I, I know. I, I can understand why black people are fed up. Can't you? For a moment? Quit being political and Antifa and blah, blah, blah. Quit being that way and just understand that there's hurt in this world. And, and as a church, we can't just come back and be political or, or throw stuff at them just to make them feel guilty. What we need to do is sit down with them and walk a mile in their shoes and feel sorry for them, sure, but then we need to point them to Jesus. We need to point them to Christ. The church is not very compassionate as of late. We're just kind of like, well, that's not fitting my agenda. It's not your agenda. It's God's that matters. It's by faith that we live our lives. Church, be more compassionate. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Maybe you are feeling threatened by some of the changes going on in our society. Maybe. And maybe you need to feel a little threatened. You know, I'm, I'm not making a political statement. Get that out of your head if you think I am. What I'm saying is as the church, as a believer in Jesus Christ today, live with compassion. Even though it doesn't make sense, Jesus, when he said to, to turn the other cheek, he showed that, did he not? He showed that compassion is the way, that, that, that forgiveness is the way, and that he's the ultimate redeemer of souls. And so today I call you as, as, the, as believers in Jesus, as the church of God, to, to live by faith. Because without it, it's not possible to please God. Would you pray with me? Lord, I love you. I thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. Father, as we have been studying through these, these, these people in Scripture, Lord, and we didn't even mention one, uh, walking across the Red Sea. Father, those folks that did that, they trusted in you. And the ones that trusted in you made it to the other side, but the ones that were, that were behaving very human-like and being greedy, Father, their wills got stuck in the mud and they all drowned. And so, Lord, let us be a people today who, who live by faith and not by sight, by what feels right to us. God, when it comes to, to social issues or when it comes to uh, political issues in America, God, forgive us for being hateful. Forgive us for being so political. 
And God, I pray that you would call us to be compassionate and to live by faith. Help us to live by faith, Lord. God, today I, I plead that you, would, that you would save America. Lord, you would begin to change men's hearts in this nation, that they would turn to you, not to some agenda that's made by man. Help us to live by faith and not by sight.